The Boomer Bus Squad is back, and this week we are talking early off-season dynasty cells. We're going to get right into this. We're not going to mess around, and the first name up is a big name. And I don't think people are going to expect this, but Joe Burrow. I believe, Sully, you're the one that put Joe Burrow on here, right? What yeah. are you thinking when it comes to Joe Burrow, and why do you want to sell him right now after an injury to end last season? Um What's up with Joe? I think Joe holds a value that's a little bit unrealistic for him in terms of dynasty and fantasy production. So he's in that, depending where you look, top five to seven QB range. And to me, it's just a little rich. I just think with his limited rushing abilities, he's going to be probably finishing more in an eight to 10 to 11 to 12 range at quarterback. He's also a guy that has struggled to start a season healthy, I think, his entire career other than his rookie season. Uh, he's a player I like. He's a player I roster. I just look at when we did the buy episode, I look at value guys that I can pick up cheap. And when I do the sells, I kind of tend to look at guys that I think I can get a good return and a big bang on. So this isn't Rob doesn't like Joe Burrow. I actually love Joe Burrow, but I personally feel as though he's a guy that I can turn into a Kyler Murray plus and be better off as a dynasty manager. What are your thoughts on Joe Burrow, Bryce? Um, yeah, I, I understand that, that train of thought. And I, I really don't have a good argument against it. Um, the only thing is Joe Burrow, you know, when it comes to these rushing QBs, it, it you know, historically so far, we see that they really don't have a super valuable shelf life as a, top fantasy producer any more than a running back does. Um, I mean, you know, most recently Cam Newton, right? I mean, we saw him at 30 years old just fall off a cliff or right right prior to it. So Joe Burrow doesn't, you know, the rushing up the rushing upside that he lacks uh, makes up for in longevity. So sure, he he might be a top five dynasty QB super flex asset right now. And um, but he could be, and he might only get top 10, barely top 10, but he might be doing that for the next 15 years where maybe guys like Kyler Murray or other running, running quarterbacks only got, only can do it for maybe another two or three years. Right. So do, would you rather, I guess you gotta, you gotta think, would you rather have a top 10 quarterback for the next 10 years, or would you rather have a top five quarterback for the next, maybe three to four, maybe five to six, depending on how young they are. Um, I'm never against trading valuable quarterbacks, especially if you have a lot of holes in your team. Um, that goes for anybody. I like to build my dynasty rosters personally around my wide receiver position first. Um, so that's that's where I could I could trade Joe Burrow. Um, so I, I don't hate I don't hate the sell for me, but it's got to almost got to be the perfect storm. What do you What do you think, Rick? Well, for me, here's the thing that I never let factor into it. Most dynasty leagues are done before their fifth season. It's kind so of where I'm thinking. The, you know, we've heard this for a long time and I've always kind of disagreed with it for, for that reason. And then the next reason is how many players have you had on your rosters that have made it on your roster for more than three years? Like, I don't have very many players. There's always so much turnover on my rosters that almost no asset ever lasts four or five years on my roster. It's just constantly changing and, and moving. So um, I, I get the sentiment. If I was an NFL franchise, I would care about that quarterback for 10 years. And, and totally. dynasty, it's just, 
I'm never thinking that far out. I'm thinking the next two to three years, what do I got to do to, uh, to turn these around? Now the leagues we're in, they last longer, right? We've got serious guys that are in them. We've got a nice pool of people to fill them in. But for the average person, they've got their 12 buddies, 10 buddies. They probably struggled to get that many to get their first league up. They're just not going to last that long. Um, so I would say it does depend on like the experience level and the seriousness of the players that you're playing with when you're planning out longer than that. But if the average is, you know, four, four seasons, this coming straight from the mouth of, uh, you know, many big, big names in the, the, the industry and some chats, even with guys like Scott fish that I talked to about how um, leagues are turning over. It's uh, it, it's just tough for me to plan that far out. So I'm fine with short-term three- to four-year windows when I'm planning my stuff out. Um, I totally agree, and I think it's it, it, it does depend. Like, if you're in a super flex league, what your roster looks like. If your um, you know, second quarterback is somebody that's unproven, that we don't know if they're going to last very long, then I'm probably not trading Joe Burrow in that scenario. Um, but if I've got, like... Uh, you know, uh, an Anthony Richardson or, uh, you know, a young quarterback that may be unproven, but is probably going to get another two to three years to start. Then I could definitely get on board with, with trading, uh, Joe Burrow. I do think he's one of the safest assets, but I do agree. I prefer, I want my quarterback to be able to run a little bit. Um, but, uh, but he's safe and you know what you're going to get. And, and, so for me, it's kind of in the middle. It just depends on where that squad's at. And one QB, I'm almost always willing to trade any quarterback because I yeah. feel like you're going to get more value than than what you're getting. Um, but in, in super flex, it, it, it would just depend on my situation with quarterback because unless I'm in a full, full rebuild, I don't want to be like have, have 100 questions about every QB I have on my roster. Right. Next up, though, is... A guy, another big name, but somebody that hasn't really lived up to the hype after being taken number one overall. Um, And that's Trevor Lawrence down in Jacksonville. We've seen some nice stretches, but for the most part, uh, it's been very, very underwhelming um, for a guy that was the best prospect that we had seen since Andrew Luck. (laughs) Anybody hearing that this year? Um, And... It has just not panned out the way that a lot of people anticipated. Um, I think what he went like an 11 game stretch in his rookie year without throwing a touchdown. And then uh, it's just been underwhelming to say the least for a guy that was supposed to be it. Um, This one was yours, Bryce. What are your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence? So Trevor Lawrence has changed my opinion on him because after his rookie year, I was a big buy. Um, because of that, the situation he was in, terrible, terrible coaching situation, horrible um, wide receivers to throw to. Um, and then they build around him the second year, and he actually looked pretty good uh, in year two. It wasn't anything flashy, but, you know, he got the job done. He, may, he he does run a little bit, which gives him a little bit of boost in value. Not a ton, but enough. Um, went, went to the playoffs, had a awesome – had a playoff win. Um, so he kind of kind of gained some value. And then this this past season, we would all I think all of us would have agreed that we would have thought he would have had his best season. Uh, the addition of Calvin Ridley didn't lose anybody. Um, Travis Etienne's got another a full se- second 
full season kind of getting under his belt, you think he'd get the ball rolling and and that offense just looked pretty disappointing each each and every week. I think right now Trevor Lawrence is being valued as a top 10 dynasty QB and I think he's going to struggle to fall in in the top 10 every single year. And similar to Joe Burrow, he does he does have some arm talent so he'll have longevity in the league, I think, but I just don't see him being anything being a consistent top 10 guy, like a, like I, I would rather have a Dak Prescott, and I think you could get Dak Prescott for Trevor Lawrence and maybe even a little bit more. So um, if I want a guy that's not really running a ton, I want him to be able to throw for 300-plus yards on a relatively consistent basis, and I just – Trevor Lawrence is not doing that. Mm. So I think he's extremely overvalued He's and, and as a fantasy asset, and I think he's overrated as a real player – um, as well, definitely, definitely disappointed this past this past season when he should have when he should have taken a huge step forward. So, Sully, do you are you on the sell Trevor Lawrence? Nope, oh, Rick, are you on the sell oh, Trevor that, Lawrence train? That <laughs> uh, that is not fun. There, um, yeah, you know, you know me. I've he was my number one in that class. I I did think you know I I made that smart ass remark earlier about best prospects since Andrew Luck, but I really believed mm-hmm. that when he was coming into. I thought that he was uh, going to be really, really good. But uh, now it just depends on what return you're going to get for Trevor Lawrence. Because like you, I do believe he's going to be that average. Um, I think he should be valued more in the um, high-end quarterback two range. Um, The probably 13 to 16, maybe. 12 to 16 like he can i do agree with you he can have some qb one years but i think he's going to bounce on that that fringe for a while now that being said if you're giving a mulligan on the rookie year this is the third year for trevor lawrence you know it's the same thing we've kind of talked about with with justin fields if you're gonna erase that monumental disaster of a rookie season um, for these guys, then this is year three. And we could see that jump that we anticipated, um, prior to the last season, um, heading into their fourth season this year. So I, while I am on board with you, I, there is still a, it's not like Trevor Lawrence has absolutely hit his ceiling. Um, there is a, a chance for him yeah. to break through that and, and be the guy we <laughs> thought that he was coming into the league. So, um, I have my reservations about it just because I do think there's more room for him to grow as a quarterback, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm very hesitant to say that I believe he's going to take another big leap. I can't figure out if I want to buy him or I want to sell him. And I think he's right on that cusp. And I just did a deep dive on quarterbacks. It's on our website if anybody wants to check it out about quarterback hit rates. And there's been 17 quarterbacks drafted since the year 2000, first overall. Five of them have not produced a top 12 fantasy season. Four of them have played in three seasons. Those four are David Carr, Jamarcus Russell, Sam Bradford, and Trevor Lawrence. So not exactly a list of guys that I think I want to be on. But at the same time, I don't think anybody's going to lump him into that category with them. So I'm probably selling Trevor Lawrence to the to the manager on my in my league that feels as though he's on the cusp, right? That he's going to take the next step. And I'm fully on board with 
abolishing that rookie season and just calling it what it was. But I haven't seen anything in the other two that have really led me to believe that he is going to make a leap into where I thought the guy as a true freshman at Clemson when I was watching the national championship game would be. So I'm, I'm all on board on selling him. I just, you know, like I mentioned with Burrow, I want to get a big return. I'm happy to get an okay return here because I don't think we're looking at the same thing. And Bryce, I agree a thousand percent. I'll take Dak straight up for him all day long. And um, in the next two, three seasons, I don't think it's close. You know, when you look at some of the rankings, some of the rookies are popping in around there. Like Drake May is there. Jalen Daniels is there. Like, I don't know if I would want those guys over him right now, but I would seriously consider it. Right. So um, that might be, especially if I'm okay at quarterback and I'm, and I, most of my quarterback conversation, if not all of it is super flex based because that's kind of all I play. But if I'm going to move off of Trevor Lawrence and he's not my top guy, I'm going to happily take something like the 104 this year and maybe a little sprinkle something else, right? So, yeah, I think he's a sell. Uh, I, I, I struggle I to figure out why I would want to buy. So, yeah. I said, would you would you take the three or the four pick for Trevor Lawrence and take a stab at May or Daniels? Uh, yeah. So that's yeah, he answered it. So what about more you? Daniels you than, more Daniels than May for I, me. I would, but yes, I, I would. would. I would also would rather have Daniels just because of the rushing upside. But would, yeah. you, would you rather have either of those quarterbacks than Trevor Lawrence, Rick? Yeah, and I would probably go as far as to say in Superflex, I would take Marvin Harrison Jr. over him. Oh, oh yeah, I would yeah, too. Yeah. That I would, yeah. Oh, that, I basically, if 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 anybody will give me the one or two or better, I'll or I mean, yeah. I mean the one like the one oh five and better, right? Because I probably would take let's see neighbors or Odin's. Uh, man, that makes it tough because I would consider those guys. I take neighbors for. But if I do, I have to have a second competent quarterback in Super Correct. Life, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He of can't course. be, he can't can't be your QB1 to do that. Trevor Lawrence to Minshew to get neighbors, right? But if I've got, let's just say I've got uh, Josh Allen as my number one. And uh, if I've got Jordan Love or something. Yeah. Or, oh, even, I, a, or even an older guy like Matt, or even a Matt Stafford or. Uh, you know, even if they're an older one, at Kirk, least if yeah. I have another year to worry about getting another one. Um, but I just don't want to go to like, you know, a Baker Mayfield, probably that would probably be where I would start cutting off. Um, mm-hmm. Fair enough. Or Fair maybe enough. the I gotta, next I, we're going to talk about, <laughs> you know, I, I, don't I gotta have a QB one on my roster to do that in my mind. Right. Like I need to have who I feel is one of my top 12 and Trevor Lawrence to make that move. I think Drake May is going to be good, but that's a risky move as a dynasty manager to take a guy who's probably going to finish at QB 11 to 15 in Trevor Lawrence for a guy who might perform like this next guy we're going to talk about. Yeah, you're, you're probably, I mean, I'm probably not doing that deal. I'm probably going to try to get a plus on any of them. Um, Agree. But I do think that it's possible. I guess that's what I should say that all probably the top six guys in this draft could all be above him. By by this time next year. Yeah, it's interesting. You look at these. You look at these past draft classes where there's been a cluster of quarterbacks, right? So like the Baker Mayfield year, the Trevor Lawrence year, it's really underwhelming, right? Like other than Baker, well, I guess not. Baker Allen and and Lamar did really well in that draft class, but Trevor Lawrence and hopefully Justin Fields are about all that you got out of that draft class, right? So it's interesting. You know, they're not all going to be. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, or else this would be kind of easy. 
Yeah, it'd be real. It'd be real easy if we had all the answers ahead of the test. <laughs> but the next guy proves that you just don't know. You just don't know because a lot of people were talking about Bryce Young like he was a generational talent. Um, we, we were worried about size. Rookie year did not go as well as planned. I don't. I don't know about selling at this point because it's it's so early and. I think that because of that rookie year, um, his his value is too low for me to put on the sell. I actually have him in a couple leagues, um, but I, I I don't I don't think I'm there yet. So Sully, you put him on here, like, I mean, what do you think you're getting out of Bryce Young today that you're not going to get out of him a year a year from now? Late first, mid to late first. Because there's believers out there. There's a ton of people that play Dynasty that believe that you can't punt on a player after year one. And clearly I do. Uh, I've said it numerous times. I don't see anything there that leads me to believe that he's a starting quarterback in the NFL, let alone a high-producing one. This is also a guy that I had ranked at number one last year and thought, this kid's awesome. I was wrong. The other thing I think, too, is, is that that team is so bad that – he is at least another year, even if he's as good as I originally thought he was, he's at least another year or more to be able to show us that based on the work that they need to do to that offensive line and the rest of that offense. So I think his value right now is going to be higher than it is a year from today. So I'm out. If Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence can get mulligans on their first year and gain as much value as they did moving forward, I think so can Bryce Young. Um, the situation is just horrible. I don't think that any quarterback would have – I think if you put C.J. Stroud there, he's going to be not not maybe as bad, but he's going to have a terrible season as well. I don't think it would have mattered what quarterback is there. So I'm going to give him his mulligan um, and then just hope that he does better. Um, I watched a decent amount of the Panthers this past year, and I didn't think he was – you know, I thought there were some moments that he just at least stayed poised. But when you're running for your life or getting pressured every single play, especially as a shorter quarterback um, – that's it's tough to succeed. So I'm going to give him, I'm thinking he's a buy. Um, I'm thinking people right now are sending early seconds, um, even like maybe one of the last picks in the first round. And depending on what my roster looked like, it's definitely a trade that I could see myself doing, especially if I was quarterback needy in a super flex. Yeah, that's, that's my thing is uh, I just, you're going to be able to, Unless he loses his job in 2024, you're probably going to be able to get a late first for him next year as well. Obviously, I I mean I could see if you if if somebody's going to pay a late first this year, then I'm probably going to take it for Bryce Young. If if I'm not set at um, other positions or I have two other quarterbacks ahead of him, probably not going to do a late first in this draft if he's my if he's definitely the guy I got to start as my number two. Um, but it's just, I, again, I agree with you. The first season, especially with the coaching situation, the, the I mean, they didn't have any talent. I mean, Sully, you said it yourself. The team was so bad <laughs> um, that it's hard for me to put it all on Bryce Young. I got to see more um, this year before I actually make him a sell. But because this draft is so deep, if if he is my number three, 
quarterback in super flex. I'm not opposed to getting a late first out of him. Um, but I think you're going to be able to get a late first next year as well. I think he's still going to be the, the Panthers starter going into 2025. Um, and, uh, and the value won't be, uh, the value will still be in that, that late first starting quarterbacks are going to get late first almost all the time in, in super flex. Yeah, and I know you can't compare guys in a vacuum, but you talk about the first year, and and you know Bryce mentioned Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, and I think those are good comparables. But who would you rather of of leaving their rookie seasons of those three? How would you rank those guys as to where you would want them? Like who would you want? I'd probably put Fields at one, Lawrence at two, and Young at three. And we just finished talking about Trevor Lawrence, and after three full seasons. I don't see this any different than Bryce Young, other than I think Trevor Lawrence will hold more value entering year four than Bryce Young will. So I just want to get out while there's still value there. I understand that there's a market for him, and that's probably another reason why I want to sell him, because if I wait until I've confirmed what I believe to be true, there's no value there at all. So next up, somebody that scores a touchdown just about every single week. Christian McCaffrey. I put him on this list simply because he's getting up there. What? He's been in the league since, was it 2017? That was his draft class, right? So we're looking at going into his seventh season or whatever. Um, The man is good. And the man still carries a lot of value. And this is simply a let's get value while we can before the floor falls out from underneath CMC and his value as a running back. That's that that's literally the whole argument. There's, there's nothing else. There's nothing bad to say about Christian McCaffrey. (laughs) I mean, we're not going to sit here and talk shit about a guy that has been, uh, as long as he's been on the field, his entire career, um, has been a producer as a fantasy asset. Um, so this has nothing to do with talent, anything like that. It's just, this is where the, the running backs can fall off out of nowhere. You think they're good forever. Todd Gurley's going, looking like a beast. And then the next year looks like, uh, you know, Swiss cheese and, 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 and it's no good. So that's literally the only thing with Christian McCaffrey for me. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, the, the guy has all these issues. The only issue is every running back hits that wall at some point. And very rarely do you have a running back in Dynasty that's this deep into his career and still the number one asset at the position, um, at least from a scoring perspective. Uh, that's the only reason why I've got him on this list. Yeah, um, it's it, he's he's an easy sell for me if I'm. I mean, I imagine if you had him on your roster, you made the playoffs, right, last season. But I don't know what – depending on what your roster looks like, um, older running backs, especially ones of of Christian McCaffrey's age and value, are the first piece I throw out there to try and start a maybe soft rebuild or full complete rebuild because you're going to get a package deal. There's very, very few players that you're going to get a one-for-one for for, – for him, like nobody's going to be trading you, you know, Jamar Chase for, for him straight up. And if, if they are, you need to take it right away. Right. So um, any of those top level wide receivers, but yeah, any aging running back, I agree. I mean, you know, try and try and move on from him. I mean, if I had Christian McCaffrey and I thought, you know, my team could still compete, but I've got some holes to fill, go try and get like 
Brees Hall in a in something if you can if you can just uh, Jonathan Taylor in something if if you can um, depending on the, how people value him uh, you you might be able to get up get one over on him I probably would take both of those players straight up over Christian McCaffrey personally um, but you know if your if your team is like the best roster in the league still. Um, and it's not, and it's like, you're like, I'm, I could go back to back or, you know, some, for some reason you got second, like it's, I'm probably not moving off of him because he can be a league winner still. Uh, so just, just roster dependent, like, like Rick said, so anything to add? Not a lot. If I'm a contender, I'm riding him into what I believe is the dirt because I'm not going to be able to turn him around into something that's going to produce more for me. If I somehow find myself rostering Christian McCaffrey and I'm going to try to rebuild my team, retool my team, or I'm not a contender, I'm absolutely going to sell. I think he's a guy, though, that I kind of want to sell in season more than uh, this time of year because I think the dynasty manager that sees McCaffrey scoring a touchdown every game and putting 20-plus PPR points a game up probably overpays, wants to win the ship, and will give me a a first and something in season as opposed to now everybody kind of calms down a little bit and overvalues the rookie pick. So hard to argue against a guy who's played in the league for seven seasons has been a uh, RB one in five of them. And the only thing that derailed him was injury. So um, 27 years old, I think he turns 28 in season, but that pass catching ability is going to keep him relevant for a couple more years, barring injury. So there's definitely meat on the bone and value to get out of him. Uh, I think it's just you have to be honest with yourself as who you are in your league and where you're at. And does it make more sense for me to just ride him into retirement or does it make more sense for me to try to turn him into two or three other pieces? So I agree. He's, he's, he's definitely a polarizing guy in terms of what to do with. And in most cases, I think you sell. See, uh, for me, I'm selling in every case, even if I'm competing, because I still believe that you're going to get the the depth that you're going to be able to add to your roster. Because if you're trading Christian McCaffrey, you're getting like one proven player. Like if you're not, if you're just getting picks, then I think you're doing it wrong. I think you got to get at least a, a guy that has proven it, no matter what position they're at. Um, but it, uh, there's just... This is for me, this is a guy that's got too much value at this point of his career when we're typically already devaluing this position um, not to get something out of. I can't let it go into I can't let it get to. Like I was fine holding the the Lenny Fournettes and the James Connors because they might get me a, a late first or an early second. We're talking getting a stud plus a pretty good first in this class is what I would like to do before this draft, whether it's, you know, going after one of those receivers or adding another quarterback in your super flex leagues. I just think he brings too much value for your team for years to come um, for the next, you know, three years. Like we were talking about three, four years, (coughs) excuse me. If you target the right players, you got to target the right players and you got to make sure that foundational piece in it is a foundational piece and not somebody that's, on the fringe, you know, like I'm not going to take George Pickens as the, uh, the, the foundation of this trade. I want, like, I would rather have like a DJ take more, a pick- like we talked about earlier. Are you taking Pickens in a first? Pickens. No, I Pickens cannot be the, the, the proven piece. Like, gotcha. I, I, I can't, I can't go for, for that. Um, I don't disagree. I'm just asking. I'm no, just- yeah. Like, I, I mean, I need, 
I need somebody that has proven it and I can, I feel like I can trust, even if they're not like, you know, the top end wide receiver, as long as they're, they're solid, um, then, then I'm good with that. But it's so much value for a, a 27, 28 year old running back with a lot of wear and tear. And I feel like they, they, they weren't targeting him as much, um, down the stretch this year. Like, I didn't feel like he was as active in the passing game as he had been in, in, in years past. And yeah. I don't have the stats right here. He was, to, I mean, I can he was more active in his run game that I noticed than anything. Cause I mean, that's how he was so valuable for the Panthers is he was like getting seven or eight catches a week. Yeah. And that team couldn't run the ball very well, or they were in situations where they weren't able to, to where the Niners were always in a situation where they could run it's awesome, great offensive line. And he was getting a ton of, you know, he's averaging probably a, a good amount of yards per carry, getting a rushing touchdown. He, he might have been getting some passing touchdowns, but they were probably early. So, this or, I mean, was, I'm sorry, short. This was his first healthy season where he had less than 108 targets. He came in with 83. Every other – well, yeah, 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 still a good amount. But that's mm. – I mean, that's trending in the wrong direction as well. Right. But he did have – by far the most rushing – well, not by far. He had th- oh. uh, 1,387 in 2019. He had 1,459. Um, obviously, he still had 21 touchdowns, so that's all good. But that's why he's got the value. And at 27 years old with there's 1,300 rushing attempts and then another 500 receptions. So we're looking at you know over 1,800 touches in the NFL over his career. It's just a lot of wear and tear. Yeah, if we do a regress show, um, Christian McCaffrey is going to be on the top of my list because he's not scoring 21 times again next season. He just isn't. Um, we don't see that year over year in this league, regardless of who you are. So uh, the value arguably is as high as it's ever going to be. You know, depending on where you look in his rankings, he's anywhere from dynasty running back four through seven. Um you know, places where Jonathan Taylor is behind him. I'll take JT for Christian McCaffrey and, and happily move on. But um, just know you might give up a little production in this year and maybe a little bit of next. But, yeah, I, I, I think he needs to be a sell. I don't disagree. If I think if you do it right, then you may lose the production from the one player, but you may gain that by improving other positions on your roster. Um, but then you don't get hit with that hole because if you let – the problem with CMC and letting him ride out is how much you lose to your roster by letting him go off into the sunset. Most guys don't ever have the value that he's got right now, let alone having that value as a 27 year old running back. Like you just don't see it very often. Um, and I don't want to lose out on all that value. I'm not going to argue if you know, I'm a top three team and I'm probably going to win again this year. Then, you know, you know, that's a completely different thing. Most of us, even if we look at CMC on our roster, are, are probably are not that confident that we're going to be in the top three of our league the next year. Uh, so, I, I the one place I have him, I am a top three team, and I finished the league um, the top of the standings last year and failed to show up for the playoffs. But that's where I don't know what to do with him because I'm not a hundred percent sure my team is good enough uh, to win. And it's an empire league, so you got to win this thing two years in a row to get all your cash out of it. And I don't know what to do with them. So, uh, you know, before this conversation, I was just holding him and riding him into the dirt. But now maybe I do try to turn him into a couple of different pieces to, uh, you know, 
spread it out on my team and maybe get a little bit younger and, and hang around a little bit longer. So I don't know. Steve, it's a tough, tough call. In an Empire League, I would be more apt to do it because if you let him run out in an Empire League and you got to completely rebuild without having that asset to help you get the rebuilding pieces, I feel like that just makes it harder to win that league multiple times. Whereas if you get a For bunch sure. of assets out of them, then you can build that roster better and 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 then maybe get that dynasty. So um, in that sense, I think I would be more apt to sell him because All right. even if he's good this year, he could die off next year. And then you only get, you, oh, it's, it's father times undefeated. It's happening. You just don't know when. Right. So. Right. So uh, next up Pollard. Um, I feel like he was my perfect candidate to be on this list last year at this time. Um, and, and here we are after a down year, Bryce, do you think that Pollard is still a sell after such a terrible, at least perceived season? Um, everybody thought he was going to be this super stud Zeke leaving, going to new England. Um, now it's been kind of, uh, man, he was kind of disappointing. Can you still get what, what, what can you get out of him now? What are you looking for if you're trading Pollard right now? Um, I, I put him on this list, and <clears throat> I would put him on this list last year too. I was all about – I didn't think that he was suited to be a three-down back, and I still don't. Um, he, there's, we've seen a lot of running backs that have had this like perceived value of being – like if they get the opportunity, they're going to be good. I mean, just a recent one that comes to mind was like Chase Edmonds. I feel like everybody was on him when he was on the Cardinals, I believe. They thought he could be a three-down back, and when they went to Miami, they thought it as well. and he's slowly disappeared. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Tony Pollard follow suit, but I, I more see him as a complimentary role, but he very well could end up in a spot where that he could be the quote unquote, number one running back on the team, but it, it ends up being a committee because he's just not suited to be, be that type of running back. So with a draft that is so thin at running back and teams are going to, and, and fantasy owners that are thin at that position are, have no choice, but to trade for them. I think that running backs like Tony Pollard could have an inflated value for this upcoming season. So um, any first round pick is going to do it for me. Um, in reality, it's probably going to be a late um, and, and probably any second, any second round pick. Um, I think you could get, get for Tony Pollard and he could land in a spot to where he could be back with Dallas and they don't, they don't address running back maybe, or if they do, it's, it's later in the draft where they won't come in as the number one. Um, there's, there's a lot of situations where Tony Pollard could still have value as a number one quote unquote running back. So um, get, get that value while you can, because I think his value is going to continue to diminish. And I think next year he's going to be worth maybe a mid to late second and even further back in the, in the year after that, he's a complimentary running back at best. And I think he proved that this, this last season. So, hey, are you on the sell Tony Pollard train or are you buying him? I'm so mad at myself when it comes to Tony Pollard because last year, this time, I was like, Tony Pollard is going to be a bust. It's not going to happen. I don't see it. He had almost uh, close to 100 less touches as any other top eight running back the season before. Didn't see sustainability. And then I let the industry noise change my mind. And I was like, yeah, yeah, Tony Pollard's okay. Added him to a bunch of places and he disappointed. So um, if you can get a late first for Tony Pollard, don't only trade him, like deliver him. Like, like take him to the airport, wrap him up and take him to that <laughs> owner's house and drop him off because Tony Pollard is not a first round asset. Tony Pollard, in my opinion, will not be a lead running back. He's going to be a complimentary piece to somebody's offense. 
be it a pass catching role or whatever else. I think if you're an NFL team, you want to recreate what he was in Dallas with Zeke because that's how you get the most out of him. So yeah, I'm a hundred percent on board for selling him. You know, I got shit last week cause I talked about not trading for running backs and you guys got mad at me, but um, I, and I still wouldn't trade for, for a running back, but nonetheless people do. And I think your point about this running back class is spot on and highlight that to people that need running backs. Right. And say, you know, here's Tony Pollard. Give me, you know, like I think we would all happily take a, 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 a 202 to 206 for him this year in this draft. Um, like I'm slamming except and moving on from there. So, cause Tony Pollard's also not really that young either. And I'm not an ageist, but he's not young. So hundred percent, I'm out. He's trying for that second contract. So yeah, he's 26 years old. Yeah. Um, like he's not far off that perceived 27, 28 cliff either. So yeah, if you find someone that values him, send him packing. Every league's got a Dallas fan, right? So if he stays there. Yeah, that's the you... beautiful thing about a Tony Pollard. Because <laughs> that I is just, true. I did trade a late first in a one QB league for him late in the season last year where my running backs were, you know, I had Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, and uh, I can't remember who my third running back was, but all of them every week were hurt. And I was starting guys like uh, D Mercado and, and stuff. <laughs> so I went out and I got Derrick Henry and, and Tony Pollard and gave up some assets and, and, uh, ended up getting second in that league. But, uh, but I, when I traded for Pollard, I hated giving up the the late first for him, but I knew that, well, even though I'm getting him from a Dallas fan, I actually got him from Danny, um, (laughs) that, I'm probably going to be able to move them because there's more Dallas fans in our league. So I'm probably going to be able to get at least a second rounder, uh, uh, probably an early second rounder or something out of them, maybe. Um, And, uh, or maybe a late second and plus a small piece or something. One of those guys we talked about last week, Um, maybe a, you know, a, um, maybe a Ty Chandler in a second rounder or something for, for a Tony Pollard. What do you guys think that, that probably that, and that's one QB. So, um, I think that would be kind of a fair deal if you want to take a yeah, shot. Yeah, they could have similar um, roles for their respective teams. I mean, really, a complimentary piece. Ty it's Chandler's not a bad. It's, it's Ty not Chandler's bad. got more upside to be the number one, I feel like. Yeah, and that'll never happen. I don't know what he did to Kevin O'Connell or the Vikings organization. But <laughs> we're going to add somebody for sure. Um, but I don't mind that and, for Paul. And at all. coming back. I added that league I was just talking about about CMC. I did trade my first, which is a late first for Tony Pollard. And I kick myself on a daily basis because I was trying to go all in to win the ship and well I didn't and now I'm like man I really like that and that's the super flex league I'd really like that 110 right now anyway moving on um yeah but again uh you know I did that in one league it was only one QB but hopefully you got that Dallas fan in there that'll that'll help you get a little bit of that back um next up though is Devon A chain A chan whatever you want to call him um, down there in Miami, little dude was just way more efficient than anybody that I've ever seen before. And Sully, I believe you are the one that put him on this list. What is up with Devon Achan? Is it just the injuries that have you want to move off of him, or was it because he was like superhuman efficient? I think it's both. I, I think it's crazy efficient, which has to regress. I think he's like eight yards a carry. Um, he's tiny. Like he's, I think he's five eight, a hundred and what is it, hundred and eighty eight pounds. So, 
Um, there's injury risk there from just size, but his injury wasn't really size related. It was more soft tissue related. So those things scare the hell out of me, like a Christian Watson thing that all of a sudden, boom, the hamstring pops up. I just think that people see him as a darling. I see him ranked inside the top eight at the running back position in Dynasty. Um, and I really like Devon Chan. Like I was pretty high on him. I think he was my two or three coming out last year. I really like him. But at that value, I got to move off of him because there's too many risks that I perceive with this asset that I can turn into other things on my team that I think are a little bit safer that can sustain my productivity, not only year over year, but week over week in this upcoming season. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I like Devon H. Han as well. Um, but top eight value or top 10 value, uh, that's too good to pass up. I mean, that's you're talking about like getting like a, a serviceable running back and some like I would say trade Devon Achan for a Ramondre Stevenson and a piece um, and be more confident that 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 he gets more, you know, Ramondre would get more touches. Um, I You don't we don't know what they're going to do as well, because he was most efficient when um, Raheem Mostert was there as the number one running back. Right. And there, I don't know what's going on with Raheem Mostert. He is an older running back, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him retire. He could be there. The Dolphins will definitely be potential landing spots for any of these like older free agent running backs as well. Um, so he he might be like a guy that we just talked about, a Tony Pollard, where he just succeeds really well as a complimentary back. And complimentary backs are not top ten dynasty running backs. So um, if that's where he's being uh, valued, we got to sell yeah, it for sure. On keep trade cut, he's. RB seven right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely trading him at at that value. I like him, but at that value, we, yeah, that's, you got to move on from that for sure. I thought that was crazy myself. So. Yeah. I didn't realize that he was that high and if he's that high, I'm on board 100%. There's no way that I'm going to not take that value for a five, eight hundred and eighty eight pound running back. There's just no way. And, and people can say, Oh, well, Darren Sproles played for, forever and and whatnot but it's just not a How often was he top um, eight though um this many times and, i believe yeah <laughs> <laughs> no no words <laughs> necessary yet um that's great but uh <laughs> that makes me look like an asshole i'm gonna cut that <laughs> out a little bit Anyways, Uh, so yeah, go ahead. I I was going to argue against this one, and I didn't realize that he was literally running back seven on keep trade cut. If that's the type of value you're going to get for for this guy, then I think you got to do it. Let me read you some running backs and tell me who you'd prefer, HN or him. Travis Etienne. Etienne, his usage is just too good. Even though I think HN's better, but Saquon. Saquon for me. Saquon. James Cook. A-Chan. I think A-Chan. Rashad White. It's hard. I'm going Rashad White, White. man. He was too consistent last year. I liked him. I liked him going into this season, too. And this is just me going down those rankings, right? And I'll go, like, two more. Isaiah Pacheco. These are all guys below him? Yes, sir. Hmm. Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I'll go A-Chan. I think I would, too. I'll go A-Chan there. Uh, two more. Tajay Spears. A Chan, easy. Me too. Josh Jacobs. A Chan. 
So Jacobs is where are we at? Right. But I mean, fifteen. You know, most Jacobs is at RB fifteen. So right. half of the guys ranked behind <laughs> me prefer. Yeah. Right. So, so it's only so it's only a few spots, but that's how bad the position is right now, but, and we don't have any influx coming yeah, in either. But, but, which right, is you why you're going to get better value for him right now as well. Right. Yeah. But if you can get Josh Jacobs in like a mid second. For Achan, I think all of us are smashing that. I am. I do I mean, Rashad White straight up. If you know seven and fifteen, that's that's pretty far in numbers. But man, I I got them pretty close in value. I mean, that's yeah. I could I would do Rashad White straight up, and I'm willing to bet you I could get Rashad White and a early third, late second. Yeah, and I would, I would do, do that, that all damn day. Yeah, I need. I got Achan in one league, and I I don't even I, I don't even know how I got him on that roster to be honest and. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. I have, I have him on a team where the team is bad, so he might go. He might not last. My, my, the the team is good. Us. I got like third most points scored, and I didn't make the playoffs, so that was cool. The funny thing <sighs> is, I have eight one share of Achan and one share of CMC, and they're on the same team. Sell, 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 sell. Bring up all that. I just won it too, so I can sell off and and Feel get good. a bunch of assets and. Um, again in two years. Other, about it. one other really, really quick point is, is we, we tend to compare running back to running back when we do the, who would you rather have, but don't feel as though you need to treat CMC for another running back or HM for another running back. You might be able to be a little deep in that position and turn him into a, a wide receiver and a tight end or another quarterback sure. or whatever else. Like nothing locks us into player for player. And in fact, those are the trades I like to make the least. If I'm, if I'm making a trade to my team, I'm trying to get better in other areas if I'm already good at running back, I'll just keep the running back. So just throwing that out there in case people are wondering. I guess my question would be like, where would CMC fall? Like, could you trade him straight up for an Amon Ross St. Brown? I would try and I would do it. I don't know. Well, let me use this website and tell you. Hang on. Because <laughs> this is, um, keep trade cuts kind of fun because it's what the people are voting on. And it's like kind of real time, right? So if I had, if I had CMC, I'm putting him out there for everyone to see. And then. I'm going you to. Get, you can maybe. I'm going to start do, from the top bottom. So according to their rankings, right behind them is Alave, Neighbors, Ayuk, Tyreek, Waddle. So that's what you could probably trade CMC oh, for straight put up. Put Neighbors right there. Dang. He's that good. I like him. Yeah, I would start above. I would start with the Amon Ra range. I think. Um, I'd start yeah, right at Garrett Wilson. And work that's my exactly way down. Start. Work my way down from there. So Garrett Wilson's Wilson two spots ahead of CFC. Yeah, I, um, I would say Garrett Wilson. Dude, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't be shy to start right at Jefferson. Just see. I'd go Puka. Maybe you like that a little bit more. Yeah, why not? It can't hurt to try, right? Uh, I, you get Jefferson, Chase, or Lamb, and Amon Ra is four. I don't think you're getting him, but start there. Just do it in a respectful way. Don't, don't just cold call drop a trade. I have, I have some leagues where running backs are just grossly overrated, and people always I take them too. because they're harder to find. So yep. I'll, I'll start. I will. I'll start right with the number one guys. I'll start right with Justin Jefferson. Yep. Oh, no, not that's him. Exactly. Okay, that's cool. I'll move down. I'm not yeah. trying to be Dude, disrespectful. What if, I throw, what if I throw in a late second? It's Christian <laughs> like, McCaffrey. Yeah. 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 It's, what if I throw in a late second? Like, what, what, what can so next up is up in Seattle, Mr. Kenneth Walker. Um, somebody that has had some pretty, uh, nice stretches, but also suffers, um, when it comes to like vision, right. And, and we've seen some stats this off season of, of how, um, 
inefficient he was in regards to hitting the correct hole. Um, but he's got good stuff. So if you can ever kind of figure that out, then it'd be pretty nice. But um, I don't remember which one of you. Did you put him on here or was I this, did not. Uh, Sully, I did not, but I don't, I don't disagree. So what are your thoughts on, on Kenneth Walker and why you trade? Yeah, so Kenneth Walker, I really liked last year this time. And then the draft happened. And they took Zach Charbonnet around the same the same, in the same round. They took Kenneth Walker, third and round, I immediately right? was it a third? Or was or was Sharp was Charbonnet? I think second? Charbonnet was second. Yeah, was so was round. Walker. And uh, yeah, I immediately disliked him. Uh, a, a team does not invest another second, two second round picks, two years in a row, in running back without going to be without utilizing them. Um, and you know, at, at first this year, it looked like I was wrong. Kenneth Walker was getting the majority of the work. I know Zach Charbonnet was a little banged up and. And slowly throughout the year, as the year progressed, Kenneth Walker's numbers were bleh, and Zach Charbonnet's numbers were bleh, and they both were pretty even. Um, like you said, <laughs> they, they, they lacked in vision, and um, I just don't think they're they're that good. Kenneth Walker, this time last year, we all liked him because, you know, Pete Carroll always had a, had a strong run game uh, in Seattle throughout his entire career from Marshawn Lynch to Chris Carson to Kenneth Walker's rookie year. He looked really, really good. Um, he was like the second pick in, in that rookie draft. I know that. Um, so yeah, I think he's a sell. Um, I, I just don't see very good long-term value for him. I think he's going to be in a committee for the rest of his two, what another year or two in Seattle, along with probably being not, Consider the number one when he does become a free agent running back. So, um, yeah, I, I, I get what you can out of Kenneth Walker. I'd be t- trying to get it a late first. Um, again, running back, I can't be going to beat this uh, like a dead horse and and say that running back value this year is going to has to be inflated. So capitalize on that with running backs like the ones we've mentioned today with Tony Pollard and and, and Kenneth Walker. So, yep, he's an easy sell for me. Do you, do you agree? I know you you haven't been on Kenneth Walker, and you brought up that vision aspect of maybe not been hitting the right holes this year. So is he a sell for you as well? Um, yeah, I think right now I've got I've got him in there. It, it's so tough. We just heard that that you know the rankings. You know, I'm I'm assuming then from with Sully not here. I'm hoping Kenneth Walker wasn't in that top eight or whatever uh, ahead of what he wrote. I can uh, look. Off. Um, but uh, that would be the only thing with, with Kenneth Walker is how much value are you going to get right now? And uh, are you going to be able to replace that if you need running back? Are you going to be able to replace that this offseason? So that would be my thing with him is how much is he actually going to bring? Um, and and how is your roster set? But I've never been a huge Kenneth Walker fan. I like Zach Charbonnet more um, as well. Uh, I think he's a better pass catcher um, and pass blocker and just as good of a runner. So I, I'm I'm on moving Kenneth Walker before he kind of uh, drops off here. Um, did you find that? Uh, yeah, he is running back on one, two, three, four. He is running back number nine. I mean, they got him above Saquon Barkley, Rashad really? White, yeah, Josh Jacobs. And I'm definitely, yeah, yeah I'll, take, I'll take all those guys over him. Yeah. I'd rather have Ramondre, um, even with the down season last year. Now, 
Now I'm going to try to get Ramondre plus, right? Like I'm not going to try Correct. to go straight up, like, but uh, I'm going to, I would definitely be willing to, to make that move. If I could get Ramondre plus a second or something. I think that would be great, especially in super flex leagues. I want more seconds this year. Um, so I'm definitely on board with trading Kenneth Walker. Sully, he was on here from you. You came back just in time. Um, yeah. I don't know how much of what we said that you heard. Um, Zero. But <laughs> Zero. Okay. So um, both of us agree. I, I just think he's in a questionable situation with a running back on his team that might be better than he is. And, that, and, and again, it comes down to value. I just think he's overly valued. He's valued as a top 10 dynasty running back right now. And I don't think he is that. So to me, he was an easy addition to this list. All right. No, nothing to argue about. We, we, we're all on board. The way my, the way my hamster's working today, I got to be quick. So I did I assumed when you read off that list earlier down to 15, that he was below that. I didn't realize he was RB nine on there. Um, yeah, man. That's too much. I'm, I need, yep. I need some, some play, but now, now you got to tell me the next guy up on this list is Kyron Williams. I added him, added him to this list. I'm assuming he's ahead of that, right? He's probably he what, five running back four, five, four, five, six, six. six. Get, get okay. We're, we're moving on baby. Cause I, I like Kyron Williams. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I'm glad to see that he had a big year. I, I, I can't, I can't imagine that at this time next year he's got RB six value. I just can't imagine. I can't see it. I'm I'm moving off of Kyron Williams. I like him, but I don't like him as RB six. Not as RB six. That's too much. Let's get that value. Bryce, I don't, know. You don't agree with me. Don't I don't. I don't me. think I do. I I so. Last year, when or the year we did the rookie rankings with Kyron Williams, and I watched his Notre Dame tape, I thought this guy is being is super undervalued. He looks super. He looked very explosive. He ran hard, um, and and he ran in between the tackles a lot at Notre Dame, even though he is a little bit smaller. I thought, man, if he gets in the right situation, he could be pretty good. And then you know, I kind of forgot about him when his rookie year. He got buried on a depth chart on the Rams, and and Sully miraculously pointed out that he's going to end up taking over that backfield and we didn't believe him. And, and, and lo and behold, he did. And man, Kyron Williams is a monster. I think this guy is a diamond in the rough. Um, I think he could be putting up top 10 fantasy numbers again next year. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he's top six, top seven, um, because he's in a situation where he gets all the work. And that's, that's the most important thing. You know, Sean McVay, Sean McVay did not incorporate anybody else um, in that backfield when he was healthy, um, he was getting all the work and he, he came out very little like any other bell cow back. Um, and I don't see why the Rams would invest in running back this off season when he did everything they needed him to at a super, super high level. I think he could do it again this upcoming season and the season after that. I, I think that we found the, the running back that like Alvin Kamara was for his draft class. He was drafted. What I mean, maybe the fourth round and, and is now that this team's, this team's go-to guy. That's that's what I believe in for Kyron Williams. 
Alvin Kamara was like a top eight pick in fantasy drafts that year, though. He went, I think he went in the third. He's a third. He's a third round pick. Kyron's a fifth rounder too. Okay. Yeah, and in in that class, and also, I mean, Alvin Kamara was like eight, nine, ten range in rookie drafts that year, and that was a class that included Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Corey Davis, Mike running back draft class ever, Kareem Hunt, Aaron uh, Jones in the sixth. Yeah. So I mean. Well, okay, I'll put Kyron Williams on Aaron Jones's on Aaron Jones's level then. Okay, I mean I can. That's, that's, a, that's a better, better one. I think that's a good yeah, comp. That's, that's a, a good better. comp. Tariq Cohen was also in that draft in uh, like the third or fourth round or something. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I I I definitely see where you're going with that. Like he's more along the you know you're hoping he turns into the Aaron Jones or Austin Eckler, right? The late mm-hmm. round. Uh, or undrafted running back that gets multiple years passing a bunch of or catching a bunch of passes. That's what you're hoping for, or scoring yeah. a bunch of touchdowns because both those guys had years where they he, let he's doing he's doing everything. He's getting so, rushing and everything. So I, I get it, but I just I don't know, man. It, it's when There's somebody couple- comes out of nowhere and then gets to running back six status, like the the amount you can get out of that, the amount of times they actually carry that on and on, and then it actually happens is so. Uh, much less than I mean. Look, we're just looking at Damian Pierce in a similar fashion. The year before, um, was dominating until he got injured, and then this year, uh, was was getting out touched at the end of the season by uh Devin Singletary. So that's my fear with any of these guys. It's not a, a Kyron thing. Again, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I watched Kyron during his whole college career. I loved it, but I I just don't. I don't know, man. That's a lot to not take for him that you can get for him right now if he's at RB six. Um, to to not entertain that, and you could and, you you realistically could argue that pretty much every running back outside the top three <laughs> yeah, they are, are top off. four. Totally, <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, because of the inflated value too this season. Like, I mean, I think you yeah. could sell all the way down to running back fifteen pretty easily. In all honesty, yeah. because the, it's just the, a lot of these guys. Kyron Williams has maybe one guy behind him that I, I yeah, it's, and Roddy Rivers isn't pushing him. So right. I'm, I'm with both of you and I know that's totally playing both sides of the <laughs> argument, but I look at, um, so I like Kyron Williams. Um, I kind of look, I got lucky with saying, I thought he was better than Cam Akers and I was half joking when I said it and it turns out that was right. Um, but yeah, long shot. Kyron Williams had a horrible combine killed his draft value. Then he hurt his foot in off in OTAs in his rookie season and never really got a shot. And this year he did. And the one thing that makes me want to keep Kyron Williams is Sean McVay, once he finds his back, doesn't care about how many touches his back gets, doesn't care about his longevity. Look what he did to Todd Gurley, right? Um, and then he got C.J. Anderson for a couple of weeks and he got crazy value out of him. So in that offense, I really like it. With that being said, you could turn him into a hall right now. Like he is not, he's not in my top six and I like him. So, um, you know, I, I just think that there's value to be had there really quickly. That draft class, Deontay Foreman, James Connor, Kareem Hunt, uh, who else is in that draft class? Oh, it's crazy. That's the best draft class ever. Um, the Damian Pierce part, I think is a valuable comparison the one thing that I missed with Damian Pierce and that I've been listening to some stuff lately that kind of highlighted this for me is the organization changed on Damian Pierce, right? So the one thing I like about Kyron is his offense isn't changing and the guy calling plays isn't changing. 
Damian Pierce just doesn't fit what they wanted to do in Houston, and that hurt him more than anything else. I think he's better than RB58 or whatever. You guys don't. Um, he's going to need to change teams. No, that's that. a fair That's a fair point, though. Right. Like, even I didn't think of that at the Pierce time, guy, but I think is it a, is. That is a fair point. That's always a fair point whenever there's coaching changes. So keep that in mind this year with all the coaching changes we've had this offseason. Um, some guys that are in the same spot with new coaches may not have the same usage or even but Kyron, or anything. Kyron, Kyron Williams is not only RB6, he's player 47 overall in Superflex rankings. That's high. Like, that's rich. That's so, that's low for RB6, though. Well, that just goes to tell you what the running back class is, and that factors in the rookie class coming in as well, right? So um, I'm not taking any rookie running back over Kyron Williams by any means, but I would take a couple of rookie wide receivers, maybe three or maybe four over him. So um, selling's tough, right? Like, we all want good players on our teams, but – the best dynasty managers and where I don't do very well is recognizing when it's time to get out. And I think this would be time to get out. I will say this because I, you know, that's a, when you, when you think of where all the players are falling, like running back six is normally like a top 25 player. Yeah. Not anymore though. So if he's, if he's closer down to 50, that is a little bit different, right? Because it's not like the normal RB six value. Um, because nor I'm thinking, I'm thinking you tell me RB six, I'm thinking oh, people have this guy in the top two rounds of a startup. Like that's normally where he would be a first rounder. Yeah. His internet is the Canadian internet is not on it today. Um, nope. so that does, that does make it a little bit different because I'm thinking when you tell me that this he's a top 25, 30 player in, in the whole league, right. and that that does make it a little bit different. I'm so on board with selling them. Now we move on to somebody that I've always been like, dude, get what you can out of this guy because I don't like it long term. James Cook over there in Buffalo. Uh, you actually put him on here, Bryce, and I was kind of surprised because you've always been a big pro James Cook guy. But I do think that the Bills are a landing spot that could uh, we could see somebody like a Derrick Henry um, or an Austin Eckler yeah. or one of those veteran running backs land in, in Buffalo. Um, so why are you trying to get out from James Cook now? You've always been a fan. Yeah. So, I mean, I was a fan in the sense of I thought his he was underrated in, in the sense of his value. Right. I think now that you could get a first round pick for James Cook, where this time last year we couldn't. Um, so I, I just kept thinking he was undervalued. I thought he was the best running back on his team. And if he got the opportunity to get all the work, he would, he would be pretty good. And I, that's what I think he is. I think he's pretty good. I don't, I don't value him as an RB one. I value him as a mid to at best high RB two. Um, and that's kind of what he did once uh, the new OC took over, uh, for that team and, and established a run game, uh, more often. So, or, or more prominently. So that that's when it's like, I, I, you know, like Sully said, sometimes you don't know when to get out. And I, this is when I get out, right? I, I, he just increases value like I expected him to. I don't see it going any higher. And that's what I like to do for some of these running backs, especially if they're not a RB1 for me, um, is once they get to that high high value, I, I try and sell to someone who might value them as an RB1. So that's that's all it is in James Cook. I still like him, I, I, but I think his value is is overinflated and, and 
and this is when I try and I try and sell and, and maybe get somebody that I do ha- think has the potential to be an RB one. Try and get a draft pick and a Kendry Miller, so, something, right? I mean, there's a lot of avenues you could take uh, for, depending on your team. So, um, but I don't see James Cook value increasing from this point on. Sully, what do you think? Yeah, I'm torn on this one. He's sitting at RB eleven right now, which seems rich. But when I look at the running backs behind him, it seems about right. So I just think it speaks to this position as a whole right now and how Mm. it's just kind of yuck. And the more and more we go through this exercise and talking about these running backs is the more and more I think this might be the time to build solid wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, and just try to win with RB twos and threes. And, And I think that's, what leads me to saying, yeah, I think I do sell James Cook here because the point that really sticks with me that you mentioned earlier is there's nothing coming that's going to be better than these guys, at least not this season. So that overvalues the existing running back class. So I'm with you. I think I'm going to get out. I like James Cook. I think he's in a really good spot. But man, the one thing that does sort of suppress his value is he's not a great goal line guy and he's not going to get a lot of goal line opportunities with who his quarterback is. And I agree. I think they're absolutely going to add someone to that backfield that's going to chip away at a bit of his volume. So at RB11, I think it's time to move on. All right, let's get over to the the wide receivers. And the first one on this list, I didn't really anticipate seeing. Bryce, you put him on here. Um, DK Metcalf, let's just get right into it. What's your thought on DK Metcalf? Why you got him as a sell? Because I am almost on the opposite side of this. Yeah, and I, I think I knew that, and I thought it'd be fun to put him on here and talk about it because um, right now DK Metcalf is looked at as the number one wide receiver on his team, and I don't think he is. Um, I think that Jackson Smith and Jibba will take over as that team's best option. I don't think Geno Smith is going to be a guy that can um, feed two wide receivers um, to be top top assets, and I think Jackson Smith and, – and that's just it. I mean, I just think Jackson Smith and Jibba will be the guy that eventually becomes Geno's go-to. Um, and I can see the other the other way around. You know, DK's been there longer. He's got more of a rapport. He's a freak athlete. He's a better athlete. I'll, I'll admit that. But I think Jackson Smith is a better wide receiver, um, and that and that will show. And it might not show right away. I, I will say that it might take you know three or four weeks before it really starts to take over. Um, but I think the day of Geno Smith being an RB one for even his team are are over. So, Sully, what do you think? Don't rule um, out the Seahawks adding a quarterback. Go ahead, Rick. No, I was just going to say, you just said, <laughs> you just said don't rule out Geno Smith not being an RB1 for his team. Oh, did I? Man, I'm having a brain fart. <laughs> we might have a better chance. Don't rule out, don't rule out, don't rule out DK. I, ruling out DK Metcalf to be the wide receiver one. I think he's not going to be wide receiver two. Jeez, I'm You had the it. wrong player and wrong position. <laughs> the wrong position. Don't cut that, don't cut that out. That's too good. I, I'm, that's gold right there. Did you have him playing? Did you have him playing for Denver too, just to get the track back there or what? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't even remember saying it. Geno Smith it. will not be the RB1 for the Tennessee it's, Titans. You know what it is, though, because Jackson Smith, okay. Jigba's name is so long, I lose thought, my train of thought when I'm trying to say yeah. his name. And like, do I want to shorten it. his name? Do I shorten it to Jackson Smith, or do I shorten it to Smith and Jigba? I don't know. Or JSN. JSN, baby, like everybody else. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you there, Sully. What were you going to no say? Problem. Uh, number one, I don't think Geno Smith is necessarily going to be the quarterback long-term there. So I think this this season and that's it. I wouldn't be surprised if they signed a free agent or drafted someone right now. 
that'll push him a little bit. That said, DK Metcalf on trade cut is wide receiver 24, and that's a little bit more buy territory than sell territory for me. Uh, JSN's two spots ahead of him. I think I would probably take the flyer on JSN at this point, but DK's only 26 years old. He's a freaking beast. He's the type of guy that can score 15 touchdowns in a season with only 80 receptions, right? So I think that I'm more on the line of adding DK for what his perceived value is right now. Like if I can move one of these running backs that we just talked about for DK in a piece, I'm going to do that all day. Uh, I just think he has, we're going to see DK Metcalf for three, four more seasons be a higher producing wide receiver than, uh, than any running back asset. So uh, I understand why you would want to sell. Uh, I don't think he needs to be the best wide receiver on his team. And I think he is still at this point, but um, playing dynasty and looking at two to three year windows, I think JSN has the ability to take that from him, but I think he's an absolute rock solid wide receiver too, which every team in dynasty needs. So I'll probably look to add him more than sell him, but I see where you're coming from. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Right. Metcalf has been highly valued and highly productive with another wide receiver in that room. That was, is equally, you know, they were like co wide receiver ones with him and Lockett Um, and Lockett's probably leaving. So I don't see a whole lot changing whether he's the wide receiver one or the wide receiver two for the Seahawks. I think he's just valuable. I think that Gino can produce with both those guys. Now, if there's three of them, that makes it a lot tougher. If, if Lockett is not gone, then that makes it a lot tougher uh, for all three of those receivers. Um, but I, I'm closer. If he's, if he's wide receiver 24, where's that put him overall? He's probably 55. If we're talking super. Uh, so he's behind Kyron. Yeah. I would rather have Kyron. Uh, I don't know. Yep, uh, like, he's behind him. Yeah, that's tough for me. Is, that makes Kyron's even like if, if DK's there, there's probably even some more guys behind that, that I, that I wouldn't like, but, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. There's some wide receivers ahead of him that I would rather have DK. No, no, no. I meant uh, when we were talking about Kyron, with him being like 47th or whatever. If if yeah, if, if guys who, like DK who ahead, like about, who ahead would you rather have, Sully? Whoa, settle down, Bryce. Um, who would you rather have? That's it. I, I can't find one. I can find one, maybe. That's it. I'll take um, I'll take DK over over Nico Collins. Yep. I'll take Absolutely. him over Tank. I'll take him over Tank Dell, and I know everybody's Absolutely. enamored about him. Yep. Um, that's probably it. Um, There's. I'm, I'm just, taking him over. I'm taking him over Addison, and I think that's it. I'm. Uh, and, maybe. And probably Rishi, and probably Rishi Rice. Yeah, the I'm taking him over both of those I guys. Think, for I sure. think the rest. Oh, sorry, Rice. Yes. Um, and we'll talk about Addison, but I agree. So. Yep. Those are the only um, two I'm taking him over. The next one really caught me off guard, though. This this, this one this one why, blew my mind. Why are we selling Chris Olave? Wide receiver nine overall. The offense I just see is deteriorating. Questions with head coach. Questions at quarterback. Questions all over the place. Player I like. Player I have multiple shares of. It's just a player I think I'm going to move off of at his apex. I think his apex is yet to come. So um, I still value him as a top 10 dynasty wide receiver asset. I can't get on board with selling Chris Olave. I can't argue any of the other points you made. The team is deteriorating. Derek Carr is probably there for another year. Who knows what that 
entails for him. Um, he had some good games this last year, and he definitely was his favorite target. So hopefully, maybe they can build some more chemistry, and he can he can do well uh, as a fantasy asset. But I think that his best years are still yet to come, and 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 that's not with Derek Carr at, at quarterback. So I'll hold on to the young wide receiver still. And if if people are looking to sell him, I think he might be a good in season buy for sure. If if things are hmm. going the way that you do project. Yeah, I think at worst, if the Saints offense is that bad, they're going to be throwing a ton and he is going to command a lot of that uh, target share there. So I think he's kind of insulated uh, from having a complete like shit year. Um, I love Chris Olave. I, I just so do I. Ohio State, geez. Thank you for the the gifts at wide receiver, right? Like they just keep crazy. Really out. So crazy. Um, as much as I do not like them, thank you, thank you for all the wide receivers you give us. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Chris Olave is one of my cornerstone players, probably right now um, at the wide receiver position that I'm just not looking to move. Um, Chris Olave or AJ Brown? Chris Olave for me. I mean, that's a close one. I'm probably I almost put AJ Brown on this page. list. That's the only one above him here that I think I would do it for. Garrett Wilson or Olave. I'm Garrett Wilson, but it's You're not like a huge margin. Yep. I'll take Olave over Puka. I won't. I, think I will too. No, I think Puka's I'm taking, uh, a real deal to me. Yeah. And then that's it. Like I'm not taking, I'm not taking him over Harrison. I'm not taking him over Amon Ra, Chase, Lamb, or Jeff. There's not one. No, there's not one behind that. him. I'm taking over him though. Not one. No, but I think where I look at it more so too is he's 27th overall in a super flex. Ugh, there's a lot I would probably consider there. But this is, again, just the way I do these exercises. I look for guys that I think I can get bang for the buck. This is not a, I don't like Chris Olave. It's quite no, the opposite. I, I absolutely I love this player. I just think he's someone that might have an off year or so, and you can really, really cash out. Yeah, I can't get there with you, but I, I see okay. what you're saying. I see what you're if saying. If we all agreed on everything, this would be the most boring thing ever. Oh, right, for sure. But I just it's hard for me to move off of a young uh, young wide receiver that can do everything, literally everything on the field. He can stretch the field, he can run every route, he can he can make contested catches, he can he can burn you, he can do oh, everything. Right. It's hard for me to move off of a, a young guy that can do all of that. Which is why I was really surprised that you added the next guy to the list. Like I was probably more surprised this guy was on the list than Olave. Um, even though Olave is a bigger sticker shock for me because I just think he's really good. Jordan Addison, Minnesota Vikings, rookie yeah. wide receiver. Why he's are you getting good. rid of the rookie wide receiver after his rookie season? Because his rookie wide receiver holy, let me try that again. His <laughs> rookie wide receiver season was almost a myth. Right, so he had Kirk Cousins' best season ever. Justin Jefferson take five, six games off, and he had ten touchdown receptions on seventy catches. So none of that's happening again. Uh, very good wide receiver, like him a lot. Pretty happy that we took him when we took him last year in the first round. But I think he's overvalued. Like I just don't see him as being a wide receiver one, especially with Jefferson in that offense. Um, Probably some rather large changes coming to Minnesota, at least if not this season coming in the next couple. Uh, I just don't see him being a high volume guy and I don't see him scoring 10 touchdowns again. So I just think he's 
he's currently his value is bloated so i'm out uh yeah i couldn't agree with you more um i was this is gonna be the first guy i put on this list um and when you're ranked as a top 24 wide receiver with a decent amount behind him in the in the rankings that we're looking at that i would definitely prefer over him I look at to like, what is his situation? And he is in a situation where he'll never be the alpha wide receiver for his team as long as Justin Jefferson is there. Not going to happen. Um, Kirk Cousins, we, the quarterback situation right now is a question mark. And Jeff, and like you said, he Jefferson missed some games last year, which which helped Addison's uh, volume in the, in that short span. So um, there's there's a lot of other wide receiver ones for their respective teams behind him on the list that I much w- would rather have. Um, so yeah. And I think Jordan Addison's great. And if he was the best, if, if Justin Jefferson wasn't there, he probably wouldn't be on this list. Um, but he is. So yeah, you got, there's not very many wide receiver, second option wide receivers on their teams that I'm going to, that I, 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 I'm going to have over, over the team's respected number one. in in a lot of, yeah, I think if, if Justin Jefferson isn't on Minnesota and Kirk Cousins has two more years on his contract, then Jordan Addison is probably more of a wide receiver 12 than a wide receiver. 20 or whatever he is here. So, yep. I agree with you. I agree. Um, I, I'm not on board with you guys. I don't, yeah, I'll be right. I, I mean, his production seemed to actually drop off after Justin Jefferson went down. If you look at his, his weekly game logs, like, uh, started out 16.1.16.2, He had a zero in week four, but then 18.4, 11.8, 31.3, 21.4. When did Justin Jefferson get hurt? Do we know? Week Anybody? four, week five. Um, I'll tell you. One sec. I thought he played a little bit longer than that, but maybe. Sadly, he did not. But he only scored more than 11 points from week nine on um, two times. Like down the stretch. The last half of the season, he was he was not nearly as good as he was the first eight. So let's what I can do here is so Jefferson was out from week six to week fourteen. So he was most productive with Jefferson on the field. Um, How did he do touchdown wise? Where did he score most of his touchdowns? Would have to pull that back up, but he was wide receiver eleven weeks one through eight. And he was wide receiver. Thirty six the rest of the season, so he was actually better with Jefferson on the field. And that was going to be part of my argument before we even looked at this um, would be that he reminds me kind of of Juju Smith Schuster with Antonio Brown. He may actually be more productive with Jefferson on the field because of how much attention Jefferson um, commands. So he scored, you said six, he had four of his touchdowns in the first six weeks. So I'm just looking, he scored four times, two, three, four. In the first six weeks with Jefferson. Jefferson didn't play in week six. Oh, you just said he played six weeks. He was out, out from week six to week 14. Sorry, he played the first five weeks or anyway. Okay. Addison put up 40% of his touchdowns with Jefferson on the shelf. So your argument holds water for sure. So I I think 
for me, when a rookie does that, he was what he was the uh, 19th overall wide receiver 19, I think last year, which obviously was a tale of two seasons because he was way better in the first half, which is odd, right? We normally see rookie receivers progress upwards throughout the year where his was kind of down. But again, without Jefferson, I mean, his second half was a lot worse than his first half. That's for sure. Um, no arguing there. Um, Anything else on on Addison? No, I think I think we hit all the major points. All right, next up is Cooper Cup. The only reason why I put him on this list is because we're talking about a, a 30-year-old wide receiver that is still borderline wide receiver 2 value. Uh, I think he was when I looked his ADP was like wide receiver 25. Um but he's at 30. He has had injuries over the past couple seasons, and now he's got Puka Nakua as a target competitor in the Rams offense. I'm getting I'm getting that value out of him if I can. If I can get a DK Metcalf, somebody that was in that range, um, or uh, I mean a Jordan Addison or um, any of those guys in that range, I'm probably taking them over Cooper Cup at his uh, at his age. Again, coming off of injuries, Puka's now in town for wide receiver 24-25 value. I've got to get rid of Cooper Cup at this point. Yeah, uh, I think it depends. I, I feel like Cooper Cup is one of those guys that's going to vary on depending like what site you're looking at when it comes to his ranking. Because like the site we've been using today, the Keep Trade Cut, he's way down there. I mean, I don't even know what, what wide receiver he is, but he's not even close to, to – um, uh, DK Metcalf or, or Jordan Addison. I mean, he's down, he's, he's way down here below like Terry McLaurin. He's around like Christian Watson, right above him, right below Terry McLaurin. Overall, probably where he should 90, be. Number, number 93 in super flex. I was, I was looking on DLF is where he was wide receiver 25. And yeah, flex, I would, uh, I would say at that rankings, and, he's definitely a sell. And I would think at these rankings, he's kind of accurately where he's at. So I think he's gonna be hard to rank because Puka is to, did take over. Like, I think Cooper Cup is a guy that people do need to look at selling. Um, I think the days of him being that alpha wide receiver one that he had that one miraculous season are over um, and, and any good seasons after that. He's now a complimentary piece to a younger guy that seems to do everything that he does. Um, and and, that, and that's just it. Like, he's, the, he's now the second option. Um, I think last year a lot of people thought, like, oh, Puka's just getting – all this work because Cooper Cup's demanding all the attention. And I feel like once that reversed, it was still Puka getting all the work. And even if he was demanding all the attention from the opposing They both defense. got targeted a lot. That's They, they did. They did. They're both um, going to get targeted a bunch from yeah. Matt Stafford. But. It, it seemed like, though, Puka was getting like that. That It seemed like he was now the go-to, though. So um, I, I, I would well, say Well, no, I that, agree with that. I'm just saying that like yeah. he was still getting targeted a bunch, though. It's not like Puka took all his targets. It's just those two guys took all the team targets. Right. So I would say at the rankings I'm looking at him, I wouldn't mind him as a buy, but if he's 25 wide receiver, 25, he's an easy sell for me as well. Yeah. I mean, if he's, if he's all the way down there and it's caught in like, I feel comfortable trading any second for him, but also getting any second in return for him, depending on where my team's at. If I'm a competitor, I have no problem paying a second rounder um, for Cooper cup and taking that shot that he has a, a, you know, a decent 30 year old season. Um, yeah. but also if I'm not competing at all, 
I have no problem trading away for a second round pick. So I think he's one of those guys that's kind of like just he is what he is at this point. And there's there's different ways you can go. Um, but uh, I, I, I do believe with your information, I don't know how accurate keep trade cut is when it comes to like when we go to actually draft. I found that DLF is pretty, pretty close normally. Um, but if, if he's down there, then I have no problem buying for, for those values, but mm-hmm. for, you know, top 24, 25 range, then I'm, I'm trying to sell all, all day. Sully, what do you think? I'm just looking. So fantasy pros dynasty rankings, he's wide receiver 31. Um, keep trade cut is basically. People um, just pick between one. Of it's two live, players, right? right? Like it's, it's fluid. It's what people value. So it is what it is. It's it's kind of like doing a mock draft. You know, however I value a guy, I value a guy. Um, I think Cooper Cup's a guy that if you haven't sold him now, you've missed your window. You might as well kind of keep him on your roster. Um, I'm just looking at his targets. He had one, two, three, four games last season with double-digit targets, which for most wide receivers is unbelievable. For Cooper Cup, that's quite a down season. So I understand he was injured and, and he's dealing with some stuff and, and he's older and Puka's kind of taken taken the step as as looks like Stafford's favorite guy by a wide margin. So I really like Puka Nakua. I value him in that top six-ish range at wide receiver just based on all the things he has going for him. And I would move Cooper Cup. If I was to get a second round pick this year for Cooper Cup, I would happily do it. Um, I might even do it for a second next year, to be totally honest. I think that the best is has come and gone for Cooper cup. And that's not an outrageous statement. The guy was the best wide receiver in football for years, but I don't think he's a top 15 to 20 asset ever again. And that's probably why I'd probably move him. But again, player really like has served me well. Well, the next name is going to be a hard pill to swallow for some, but that's Travis Kelsey, tight end Kansas city chiefs. We already seen, you know, got kind of flew out the gate. Um, Started all right in 2023 um, and then fizzled out the second half of the fantasy season. This isn't the first time that happened because he basically did that the year before too. Nobody really wanted to admit it. Um, I was on the move Kelsey train last year. Um, So I'm still on it this year because I do think you're going to get similar value to last year. Maybe it's dropped a little bit. Maybe people are starting to see the writing on the wall, Travis Kelsey about to engage to Taylor Swift and, and retire from the NFL and, and, and all of this. But um, what are you, what are you taking for Travis Kelsey? What do you need to get in return to move Travis Kelsey in a regular super flex league, Bryce? I'm going to need a first round pick uh, probably in the middle at least um, if I could take Brock Bowers for him, depending on my, you know, I, I, I think that that's something I'm going to do. Um, so mid to late, I guess, you know, team team roster, obviously dependent can, can be for that. I, I Travis Kelsey could help you win your fantasy league next year at, at the tight end position. There's no doubt about that. We saw that he still got it when it came to how he performed in the playoffs, but he didn't play like that at the end of basically the whole second half of the last year in the regular season. And that could be due to the Chiefs just also lacking talent at the receiver to, uh, position where defenses really just had to key in on Travis Kelsey, which probably is why Rasheed Rice was so successful. 
um, the back half of the season. So um, look for them to also make that change and Travis Kelsey to maybe have a better season. But I mean, the best is 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 gone, um, and he still has top five tight end upside. Um, but you know, next year could be his last year. So you know, if you're selling a first round pick for somebody, or if you're selling him for a first round pick and this could be his last year, that's a deal, right? So um, I'm taking any mid to late first round pick for Travis Kelsey. Sully? This time last year, I traded Kyle Pitts for him. I don't think I would do that again. Um, And I know Kyle Pitts is kind of like trading my kid, but nonetheless, uh, I'm really torn on this one, right? Like Travis Kelsey had a down season last year. He ended up with like 984 yards receiving and like six or eight touchdowns. And Patrick Mahomes had a down season. And I think Bryce, you're onto it, right? Like there really wasn't a whole lot of options in that Kansas City offense. And I would like to think that they fixed that. So if they add Mike Evans this year, Travis Kelsey probably has a top tight end one, two season. If they bring in a running back, and by the way, should they not just sign DeAndre Swift, does that not make total sense with Taylor there and the Swifty and everything else? You got to get them on the phone. That's it's such a smart move. But um, I look at keep trade cut, the tight ends ahead of him, Pitts, Andrews, Kincaid, Hawkinson, McBride, Bowers, Laporta. I would take them all for him. Um, I would take a first round pick probably for him. Unless I'm lost in my league championship last year, and I think I'm going back there again this year, I'm probably going to move off of Travis Kelsey. As hard as it is, and and like I kind of said earlier, I'd like to ride CMC into the dirt. I'd probably like to do the same with Kelsey, but he's 34 years old. Like it's, it's time. Like it's time. So uh, if you can get something for him, then do it. Two straight years where he dropped off in the second half. Man, it is so tough for me to. I get it, but last the the year before he had 1,338 receiving yards. So. Well, yeah, but I still you look at the the last half of that season and the thing with Travis Kelsey was that he was not only like the number one tight end, but he was like a top 12 wide receiver. Yes. And that's not what you're getting for him anymore. But the name recognition is going to get you more value than what he's worth down the stretch this year from week nine to 18 second half. Travis Kelsey was the tight end 13. Averaging 10.4, which is like half of what he used to average, right? I, I think if we do this, we'll go back to 2022. Um, it was week, the last six weeks of the season, um, where he dropped off and was, geez, only averaging 12.9 points. So we've seen him doing this and closing out the past couple seasons down. Um, and and in, especially in weeks where you're in the playoffs, like yeah, he scored 11 points in the, the championship the year before. For me, it's get get what you can out of him right now and and go because that's that's a big difference. He averaged 14 points this year. The year before, he averaged 18.6. And the year before, he averaged 16.4. So he's not the big separator at the position anymore that he used to. He hasn't been for the past three years where he's, you know, what I bet if I go back to 2020, he probably averaged 20.9. 
and the closest to him was Darren Waller at 17, and then nobody else was above 12. That's why Travis Kelsey was such a stud, because he was literally outscoring the position by double. That's just not it anymore. I want as much as I can get out of him. Um, right now, while he's still got the name recognition, we might only get one more year. There's just lots of reasons not to have Travis Kelsey on my roster going into the 2024 season. I love him. Travis Kelsey, I want to hang out with him and, and everything, but it's just <laughs> he's shown it. He's he's closed out the past couple seasons down and just doesn't isn't the difference maker at the position that he used to be. And and now he's to me just another tight end. And people don't see him that way because his name's Travis Kelsey, back to back Super yeah. Bowls. All of that, I think you can get more out of him than what he's actually um, worth at this point. That's interesting because I think most people see a 34-year-old tight end and you're not going to get nearly the value out of him. But who knows? It only, it only takes one, right? Right. Now this last guy, David Njoku, he had the opposite. Second half of this season, he went berserko. I think he was tight end one. I just seen from 9 to 18. Um, Joe Flacco and him were pretty good buddies and – and decided to score a bunch of touchdowns and all kinds of fun stuff. But that was the David and Joker that people have been waiting for five years for. Is he really here to stay? If Deshaun Watson is back and, and the quarterback is in Joku going to have that same production. We haven't seen it with Watson in the past. We've, we've all been hyped for Njoku. I mean, the dude takes his shirt off and you look like he looks like he should just whoop everybody's ass on the field, but it hasn't come to fruition until the second half of 2024. Three. So uh, I don't remember which one of you put him on here. I think it was Sully that was me. put him on here. So yeah. what do you think? And Sully, what, what's up with David and Joku? I think he nailed it all in that in that intro. Is it was all with Joe Flacco. Um, Deshaun Watson has never been a guy that has really leaned on his tight end, and I just think that we just saw the best of what we're going to get out of this guy. And he's like tight end nine or something right now. Um, Michael Mayer's behind him, Evan Ingram, Musgrave, likely, Friermuth. Like, he's probably appropriately ranked. But, man, I think if – he's more a tight end that I'm looking to move if I'm okay in that position. If if he's my tight end one, I'm going to hang on. But if I have him and someone else, I think I'll try to leverage what people might perceive as that crazy swoon at the end of last season – with Joe Flacco that just is not going to materialize again, whether it's Flacco, Watson, or God at quarterback for Cleveland. Yeah, it seems to me that Ninjoku was there the whole time. It's just Joe Flacco and and him fitting that scheme uh, is what really unlocked his ability, right? I mean, uh, <clears throat> I've got a really good Browns friend that uh, writes for a Browns uh, for a Browns uh, website, and he he talked to me about how the reason Joe Flacco was so successful is, is that scheme fit what Joe Flacco did his whole career out of the play action where Deshaun Watson was most successful, always playing out of the shotgun formation, which is what they weren't really implementing with him. And uh, it looks like that is going to change this upcoming season where they're going to be working out of the shotgun more. And yeah, uh, Deshaun Watson hasn't utilized the tight end throughout his career. Um, but what tight ends has he had? That's another question. It's like, I don't ever remember him having any tight end that's worth 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 a damn to be honest like i don't i i can't name one Texans tight end and, and, and i can't name them that they were successful anywhere else either right so maybe you know <clears throat> and with this new salary cap increase i think we're going to see a lot of these wide receivers continue what, what's up i know which tight end he's had 
Which one? David and Joku. Oh, you're talking about with 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 <laughs> Cleveland, right? Yeah. I think it's what? a I think it's an interesting point though, real quick is and I'll go back to you, but really quickly, I think Watson was a pretty mobile quarterback who isn't doesn't appear to be anymore. So in those situations where he may have checked down to a running back or gone to a tight end, um, he just took off and ran. So um, I'll look up and see who he had at tight end, but I don't think you're wrong. I don't think he's, there's no. not a list of hall of famers there, but he's got David and Joku, the guy that we're talking about right now. He's had him. He had him longer than Joe Flacco had him and still didn't do anything. Yeah. So I don't know I if he did. I bet you Flacco started more games than Watson last year. He had David and Joku the year before too, though. Yeah. David Joku was yeah sure. But he, he didn't play very many games and he was been gone for two and a half years. Well, yeah, but how can Joe Flacco hadn't played very many games and was gone for two years? I think the biggest thing other than other than the play action is Joe Flacco didn't give a shit. He was going to do whatever the hell he wanted and it worked out. So my point is you can't ask who has he had at tight end when the tight end that we're talking about that had success with Joe Flacco who hadn't played with him any longer. Deshaun Watson played six games last year. What was David Njoku week one through six? Just out of curiosity. PPR leaders, I'll go back to it. I'm right here. But it also helps that, you know, Deshaun Watson ha- is playing in a system that he's not familiar with still. Like, I I, I think when you Joe work Flacco out of the sh- literally got picked up off the couch, though. Yeah, That's but, the hard, but like, Joe Flacco's been working out of the pl- a play-action type of offense his whole career, where Deshaun took two years off, and then prior to that, never worked out of the play-action. David like, and Joku, David and Joku for- was tied in 22. 20- 22. David Njoku was tight end 22 with weeks one through six. Who treats a pile of draft capital for a quarterback, gives him a fully guaranteed contract of like 80 gajillion dollars, and then tries to teach him a new offense? Good for you, Cleveland. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, now they can't ignore. I mean, if David Njoku is not performing next year we know that it's not david Njoku. it's got to be it's got to be deshaun watson so he's going to get utilized there's no really number two pass catcher um and you know there's no he never really got a good footing like i know you know six weeks and joe flacco utilized david Njoku in those in those six weeks and and amari cooper and he also turned the ball over a ton i think sully kind of nailed that part on the head is joe flacco just swung it around didn't really care what happened like he threw you know, and, and it showed in the playoff game when he threw two pick sixes or whatever. So, um, you know, when you're slinging it around like that, where Deshaun Watson, I feel like, was more safe with the ball, right? He wasn't getting a lot of passing yards. He was being more safe with it. I mean, he his numbers weren't great, but he was 5-1. and one. So he was getting the job done, nonetheless. Um, My only I point just, is that you can't ask which tight end he's had when we're talking about the one that he's had for the past two seasons, even if he's only played – you know, seven games, games eight, eight, or eight, eight, okay. Eight, nine, nine games. I feel like the Joku was injured last year when Deshaun was healthy too. I feel like that was another thing. Like they didn't get to play a lot last year. If I remember, not this past season, the season before, I feel like they were injured at this or like injured at the same time, not the same time, but when one got healthy, the other one was hurt. I, I feel like that was a thing. Like, so are, play. are you guys arguing that he's a buy or a sell? Because I'm kind of getting the buy vibe out of this whole. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting a standstill. I'm, I'm, I'm a standstill with him. I mean, I think he's appropriate length and I think that he's got that, that decent upside. I just don't see Cleveland bringing in another, uh, 
pass catching with this with this salary cap increase, I think we're going to see a lot of these wide receivers stay with the teams they're on. <clears throat> so that definitely hurts a team like Cleveland, who probably could utilize uh, bringing one in. Um, so they're going to have to do it in the draft, and there's always a lot of question marks with that. So it looks like David Njoku is going to be their second best pass catcher coming into this season. Uh, Deshaun Watson had some pretty shitty tight ends in Houston. Uh, CJ Fedorowicz or Fedorowicz or whatever the heck his name is is probably. Oh the best. yeah, we don't need to talk about um, all those guys. But he's had David <laughs> and Joku. That's my only point. Like he's got the literally the guy that we're well, talking it about. Takes, right maybe now. it takes some time for him to get to utilize that tight end. And he needs to get put back in a system he's familiar with. Out of the shotgun. He's had two fucking years. <laughs> but he, but he hasn't had two full. He hasn't yeah, had he two had. full years. He has not had two full years. He's getting injured, or he he didn't even play. How many games did he play the year before? Six. He, he he's, is, played he's, games, played he's played games on the field, and David Njoku has done shit. So that's my only thing is that if you're gonna say what tight ends has he had, he has he's played like what at least 12, 15 games or whatever with David Njoku. You just can't say what tight ends has he had when we're literally talking about one that he's had for the past two seasons. Yeah, yeah prior to prior to last season, Njoku's career high was. 640 receiving yards. So he's had David Njoku, but David Njoku hasn't been anything groundbreaking either. Okay. Is that David Njoku's fault? Because we've all thought this. That's why I want to sell David Njoku as the tight end nine, because I don't think he's as good as what I'm saying. It could be Watson's fault and the quarterbacks that they have had there prior. And then Joe Flacco comes in and actually can sling it which we haven't seen Watson do. We haven't seen other Browns. There's a reason why they gave that contract to Watson. It's because they couldn't find a quarterback. Um, Actually, they had a quarterback, but that's well, a whole they other They did, story. but he, he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't utilize the tight end a whole lot either. Baker Mayfield. Unless his right? name's Kate Otten, um, but yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, but Kate Otten's still like where, where Njoku, Njoku was, was in, in yeah. Cleveland, right? He's not like a top tier guy either. So, but my only point was that if you're going to ask who, who the quarterbacks had, and we're talking about the guy that he's got right now that he hasn't utilized when he's been a starter, then in, then it may not be Njoku. It may be the Browns and the quarterbacks that they've had. And in fairness to Njoku, what just popped into my head is they also way went out and way overpaid for Austin Hooper to make him their number one tight end during the time that Njoku was there. So I don't think Njoku... Uh, or any other top tight end, I should say, has had to share the field with another top perceived top 10-ish tight end. So I just don't think he's a tight end nine, and I'd rather I'll, – I'll, I'll cash out and see what I can do. Like I said earlier, though, he has to be my complimentary tight end. If he's my main tight end on my roster, I'm going to hold on. I, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I've always been off of Njoku. I think now if, if, if the perception is uh tight end nine and maybe he's overvalued, then I think it's time to acquire him. Um, I would hope that Cleveland would see how important he was to that offense down the stretch last year. And no matter what, no matter who the QB is, they would incorporate him more into the offense. And again, what'd you say he was 26 years old? And he's been in the league for a while. We knew he was a project coming in, right? He was a real raw prospect. So we knew he was going to be one of those tight ends that took a little bit of time. Um, He was a first-round draft choice, though, wasn't he? Well, yeah, but still. um, He's 27. He was raw and and just a super athletic freak. I mean, that's what he is. That's what he showed last year. It's like he got his face burnt and then he went off, right? Like um, That's true. It was like it it turned everything around. But – but I am worried about just 
the Watson and Watson hasn't looked very good since he got there and that whole situation, they just looked like a better offense with, with Joe Flacco, which is bad. Even though Joe Flacco turned it over, at least you were moving the ball. Um, so I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm fringe on David and Joku. I could see myself actually trying to acquire him. Ben Dorsey's our new OC too. And he, he's tight end friendly. Um, Deshaun Watson very likely gets hurt again, and Joe Flacco probably comes back in because I think Joe Flacco is going to sign a contract to be their backup. So I don't know. He's I a tough look, one for me because I've always been off of him. But like, would you would you take him? And this is just purely off the rankings. Would you take him or him or Kelsey? Obviously, roster point, dependent. At, at this point, I'm probably taking Njoku. Um... Because that's the only questionable one ahead of Kyle Pitts or Njoku. Kyle Pitts. I'll take the upside yeah. with Kyle Pitts. I think Njoku's got upside too. That's why I would take him over Kelsey. Because then after that, I think it's straightforward, right? Andrews, Kincaid, Hawkinson, McBride, Bowers, and Laporta were all going to take over Njoku. Um, there's a couple of guys behind him that I kind of question. Cole Komet would be somebody that I would have like right Michael there. Michael Mayer, I might want to take a flyer on over Njoku. Um Goddard's behind him, which maybe he should be. Like, I don't know. It's you're right. Those, He's right those, on guys, that are all, those guys are all like pretty close right there. Uh yeah. in most cases, I would probably take Goddard. Um no, I don't know about Komet with Caleb or a different quarterback. If it was if I knew Fields was sticking around, I'd be at Komet for sure. Tight ends are a big part of Shane Waldron's offensive scheme. That's fair. Um, just need the guy to be able to deliver. Yeah, um, I still think it's going to be Fields, though. I'll say it every every day until there's a trade made. I still I still believe it. I really do. I think you're going to find out in a week to two weeks. It's going to happen. Well, it's gonna, March 10th was when the trade was made last year, the week after think, the the combine. So I think we're going to see it. Not you know if it if it happens next weekend to the 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 week after, we're probably going to figure out something. Um, either way, but uh, yeah. Um, you get all those organizations together and out drinking beers and talking shit. And next thing you know, they're trading their picks for quarterbacks. So we'll see what happens. 